The magazine's English or Arabic? English. It's in English. But what's, I mean, what's your total headcount that you're going to get from leaders, from readers? Like 200,000 How long have you been doing this? Uh, three months, Danny? Four? Three months. Okay, so 2000, prior to 2000, but I came, and I came in action in 2000. It was, English was a pretty dominating language in Bahrain. Sure, still is. After 2000, 2005, 2010, things started changing. The youth, the youth, oh. <laughs> you'd be considered a youth. Thank you very much. Compared to me, I'm 51, but the youth. Oh, you don't look it, my yeah. God. <laughs> Mashallah alaik. The youth are now... Um, we had to, and again I'm saying you, study abroad because sure. the education was not the best, let's mm. just say, in here. Um, the school I went to was American Mission School, which has changed to a Rajah school. Mm. And after that school, you either had to go to Bahrain School, which is English, St. Chris, which is English, or a government school, which is Arabic. Mm. So my parents said, no, you go somewhere else. So I went to the UK. Now, today, or say the past 10, 15 years, or 20 years, we do have some amazing schools in Bahrain. My grandfather built Sacred Heart Church. Oh, wow, look at that. Mm. That must have been hard. He built Sacred Heart Church and he built St. Christopher Cathedral as well. Wow. Which is why I have a VIP entrance for next week when the Pope comes. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Are, so, you gonna, are you going to uh, uh, take uh, a picture with him holding uh, hands? Originally, I'm, Chris, I'm, I'm Christian. Mm. I'm Christian Bahraini. Mm. There are a handful of us that, mm. that exist in the country. Is this recording? Are we recording? It doesn't matter. You okay. can edit all the doubt. Okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't want to get sued, so it doesn't matter on me. That, but yeah, so um, wait, what was it saying? I can't remember what I was saying. What My was mom it? is Christian. Really? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm agnostic. Yeah. And this is what happens when, hence me as well. This is, uh, but I love being in, in this environment. I, I mean, I think I've seen in the past two years, three years, I've seen what uh, a society that is not really that, uh, that doesn't have anything to believe in. Hmm. And I'm thinking, you know what, I'd rather be in a society that has some kind of beliefs and some kind of than being in a society that has no beliefs whatsoever. I mean, that's the problem with, with, with the Western world at the moment is because they're, they don't have any trust anymore into their, their traditions, into their, their, their institutions, right? Yeah. Once you stop believing in the police, once you stop believing into fairness as a society, halas. You <laughs> take something away from people, you got to give them something in return. You can't just take and just leave a gap and void because then they'll fill that void themselves with all kinds of ideas and well, thoughts. Well, look at Paris, right? I mean, yeah. I, I can walk around here and I can leave my car unlocked and I don't car? have to... Your house. I can leave my house <laughs> unlocked, you know, I can, I can leave my, my phone on a coffee table and what hammam. Yeah. None of these are issues. Nothing, nothing. You can wear what you want to wear, dress how you want to dress, and uh, you know, and nothing. And nothing. But yeah. if I go to France, why in Paris? Go London. Go America. Go yeah, in Paris. Europa in general. I agree. It's just not a not a not a safe place anymore. Well, I'm 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 specifically saying Paris because I read I recently read an article of of Japanese tourists tourists being beaten up for their possessions. Bahrainis. Yeah, Bahrainis as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. My my my, my best friends, kids, just because of the watch they were wearing. Not because of the color of the skin or anything, it was more of a materialistic thing, not a racial thing. Yeah, but when asked, the robbers, because they, they interviewed them afterwards, they, they said, why do they get to have nice stuff and we don't? Which is, <laughs> what kind of a mindset is that to, to, to operate with? Yeah. Right. It's, just, uh, <coughs> it's just not, um, but I, don't people, know, I, don't, I don't like where that part of the world is heading. Yeah, people just don't believe in, mm. in, in and you know what I think a sebab for it is, I think it's, it's to do with, the idea of gratitude right and i think that uh, societies in the west we used to have especially in the 80s the idea of greed you wanted a better life you wanted a nicer right. car you wanted a nicer house now people are like hey you know what 
if if my rate rent is paid and mm. if I don't have to work so many hours, I'm satisfied. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you should, that, that's the problem, yeah, I pe think. Pe people people are changing. Definitely, they're changing. Yeah, it's you not know, the same as it was when our parents were working hard and trying to make ends meet or trying to create something out of nothing. No, it's changing. This is a generations. Each generation is changing and. Your mindset is changing with that generation as well. And Do you find it with your son? It's difficult to communicate. He's only 11. Okay. He's only so it's a lot on t TikTok and Instagram. No, no, no. Thank God. It's mostly Minecraft and uh, okay. <laughs> and That's Roblox good. and uh, still at that stage. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. We don't we don't give him social media. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Ahsan. Ahsan. It's just he has his gaming computer and he's you know very much into that. My sister is 12. She lives in in Saudi in Riyadh, and she said to me a couple of days. This was a couple of months ago. She said, Hamid. Um, I hope you're not a transphobe. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, let's let's unpack this for a minute. Do you, first of all, do you know what trans are? And she's like, yes. And I said, so you know in Saudia there are no trans. This is not something that exists in our culture. She's like, yes, but my friends and I, we talk about it a lot and it's not good. <laughs> well, this is what they're being exposed, exposed to. to. Yeah. In, in, in so many different ways, and whether it's the movies, whether it's social media, whether it's companies, corporations, I mean, it, it is it is what it is. This is this is uh, no, and of course, I, I mean, it, the, it's the idea of being throwing that on your when you're down your throat and saying you have to, you have to, you have anything that's you're forced to accept or you're forced to do. People kind of like said, wait a minute. It's not like they have anything against it. Mm. It's just when something is being forced upon you mm. and you have to accept it no matter what, whatever it is, whatever belief system it is, that's when people want to say, like, hold on. And, and when you say hold on, people can say, oh, you're anti. No, no, anti-anything. It's just you're forcing me to say something or do something or accept something that, you know, you're not even giving me a chance to, you know, accept it in my own way, in my own terms, but you're forcing it according to your narrative. According to your storyline, or when they say he, her on the on the LinkedIn uh, or Instagram and all this kind of with stuff. That one, <laughs> <laughs> that to me is the immediate red flag. I'm like, no, no, I don't yeah. want to meet you. I yeah. don't want to talk to you. <laughs> you. Look at your accounts now. When you want to, if you ever sign up a new account, yeah, 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 yeah. it has the uh, you know, it has your name, your address, and then it has uh, Other. pronouns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What pronouns do you want? It's changing. I mean, it's not a bad. I'm not saying it's good, but no, I'll the, say it's bad. The, <laughs> I'll go that the, far. The change is being forced upon you, and any change that's forced upon you um, is something Isn't, that you have to kind of like you know sit and take time to accept and understand. And you know, but when they force it down you or force it down your your kids, you know, which is actually the the area that should be stopped. You know, these, these people are in school. These kids are in school. You know, you want to teach them things that. According to your belief, according to your you know culture, not some other culture or some other belief system, no matter how right or how wrong it is. Um, you're a Christian, you're in Bahrain. You want to go to a Christian school, go to Christian school. You want to go to a Muslim school, go to a Muslim school. You want to go to a school that just has nothing to do with it, go to. Nothing is forced upon you. Well, I, I mean, I lived that life from because I, I went to school in Saudia, and at the time, uh, I remember being science class and asking, you know, why is the color you know, for a flower or whatever, red. Right. And uh, obviously it's because of how light works. It reflects on the particles that right. are red and then it goes back to your eye and you see it as red. However, when I was in science class, this was in science class, not Dean. <laughs> so it was like, it was just a blatant statement, you know, don't think, don't worry about it. No, no, you got to question everything. This yeah, is how you grow. This is how you understand. But that's the, that's how your idea was. Yeah. And, and, and it's exactly how the West is in, in its, its other flipped. ways. Exactly. It's flipped. 
It's a pendulum, honestly. Honestly, it's flipped, which is why I say this is the new frontier. This part of the world, this is where the, where the future is. Would you, I really believe from the bottom of my heart that this part of the world, would, with Saudi being you know, the forefront leading this way, this is where the future is. No, I agree. It's a shame that you didn't focus your magazine in the Saudi market, though. <laughs> no, <I know. laughs> Did you ever have that conversation with, with publishers and marketers saying, hey, you know what, your readers are mostly, I don't know, men, and not to push... So Women readers, I bet you that must have come up. <laughs> well, it's in English. Okay. So right there and then I was eliminating a big portion of the uh, society. The population, uh, the of population, course. Not just in Bahrain, but in, in the region. Um, but unfortunately, that was my strength. You know, you, you, she spent, as, as I said, I was 12 years old when I went to boarding school in the UK. Mm. And then, you know, back to the US, you know, doing my college degree. So English mm. was my dominating language. And especially when it comes to writing, because, you know, Arabic, you can speak it. Perfectly well. Go ahead, write it. It's a completely different language when you write Arabic. Mm. Um, and no matter how well you write it, you're still going to make mistakes according to some other Arabic person from you know, a different part of, uh, you know, from Saudi or Kuwait or so, because they all have their own lahja. lahja. And not just the lahja, but the grammar itself, which is a unified grammar, still they have a different way of, of saying what's right and what's wrong. So isn't it best just to write in Quran Arabic and that's khalas? Well, cars in Quran Arabic? I mean, that's the only option, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the only way to shut people up and be like, oh. <laughs> well, so I decided just to make it in English. Mm. And I had the market. It was, it was doing really good. I mean, it was, it was we, we had our readers and the readers were people like you and me who, you know, Arabic, but also understand English as well. It's just so much easier to write in English, especially talking about things that are more um, built and designed by the West. I mean, these are vehicles. We still don't make vehicles in this part of the world. So the names of those vehicles, the VIN numbers of those vehicles, the models of those vehicles, everything about those vehicles is in English. Mm. I have to, you know, literally change that vehicle and Arabize it in order to talk about it, which doesn't always, you know, and even the lingo, you know, when you Ford say... Ford Sloth, how do you do that? Four by four, yeah. you know, it's just everything oh, is... Yeah, <laughs> and it's just, uh, which works. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but for me, that was, you know, easier to communicate with. And when we were, we would go to like events, car events, uh, international car events, because we'd be getting invited all the time. And we'd go there and we'd show them our magazine. They're like, this is not from Bahrain. Is this, you know, maybe Dubai. Is it Dubai? I said, no, no, because they think it's European because the quality and the, and the language and the style of the magazine was very international. But wait, 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 wait. Let me interrupt you right there. Was it registered in the U.S. or, just, or, or registered in Bahrain? Bahrain, Bahrain. So I was one of the first... CR holders. CRs to actually do a proper magazine uh, in the country. Um, Are I'm you going to tell me you didn't do a list it in the U.S. as well? No, I didn't list it there. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very much patriotic to Bahrain and Bahrain only. I mean, we've had, we've had all, we've had lots and lots of business owners and CEOs on the show, and they always say the same thing. They always do a list in in the U.S. or in Europe, yeah, and then they make sure that their marketing material always says. Their listings in the U.S. or listings in Europe, and the sebab because, like you just said, mm. the quality of the magazine does it is 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 almost paradoxical to what the what the population thinks Bahrain is. Right. Right. And but so it was a lot easier. I want to change that. That that was my purpose. That was my mission. It's sure. Just, just change change that perception. Allah said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my hair was white. Well, it was black, actually, what I started about. But, you know, I, I really wanted to change people's perception about what, what can be done from here. And, and I, part of the reason we, I did those publications in different uh, sectors is to talk about what's happening in Bahrain. Like, if you have a, a real estate magazine, like today there's no real estate magazines because mine stopped. Mm. So there's no real estate magazine. So if you actually want to understand about real estate, I mean, of course, you can go to the Internet now, but there's no real website catered to the Bahrain real estate. 
there's ones that sell properties, but not actually, you know, property news. I'll take you to a step further. Hmm. There's very little data sets that, or indexes or KPIs or, KP, or KPEs uh, right. about uh, yeah. what's happening in the real estate. And we both know there's a reason for that as well. Well, well <laughs> funny enough, funny enough, in one of the segments in my real estate magazine, which is called Arabian Homes Magazine, um, there was a section where I would be listing the prices of land value in different parts of the Bahrain. Mm. So I would gather data from like, say, six, seven different real estate offices. And I'll tell them, I'll give them a sheet with like 40 different areas in Bahrain. I'll tell them, you know, tell me what do you think the value of the land is in that area, commercial or, or residential. And they give me that list. And They gave you that list? Yeah, yeah they for, gave me. Well, okay, we work with them. Yeah, 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 we okay. work with them. We help them promote their properties and things like that. Because, mm. again, we're a real estate magazine. When you have a magazine, you kind of have a little bit of clout in, in, the, in the industry. Because people want to work with you and... It's better to Market work with you than to work against, against you. you. Yeah. So they, they would give us the, their prices and we'd combine those prices and we'd average it and then I'd present those prices in the magazine. I used to have every single real estate office subscribe to my magazine because of that list. Sure. I'd even have the Ministry of Housing sometimes call us and says, your magazine is late, it's not out yet mm. because they want to know what the, real, what the, the prices are, are from our point of view, not just from their point of view. So you're They don't right even officially data. announce their point well, of view they numbers. Ha- they don't. They don't, but somebody else is. Well, Property Finder used to. Yeah. And now in order to find it, you actually have to find the URL and type it into it because it's not indexed in the ah, search engine. Okay. And only then can you find that, you know, and it, if you look at, I mean, the last number we found was from 2018 or 2017, and it's been a downhill in all areas for They, they probably took it from Mara because if, if it stopped, yeah, because we stopped. <laughs> That makes so, sense. <laughs> and, and they don't have the manpower or they're, 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 to index it. Yeah. They don't have reporters like what we had. So obviously they'd gather that information from sources and we're one of those. Why does every source. Bahraini business owner want to get into real estate? Can you explain that to me? So you have, you have real estate and you have stocks. And then you have business. Business is hard. Hamad, not everybody can do business. Business is hard. Everybody can think they want to do. Everybody can start but everybody can succeed business is really really hard it's, it's like having another partner in life a, sure. a marriage basically you have to be married to that business for x amount of years in order for it to grow you're raising a child even sure. not even just a spouse it's just but, well, Khabib, you can but take real your... estate take money from the bank put it in this and rent it we have a very good rental uh, market in bahrain very very good because of the size and you know and uh, a lot of interest in the country for, for the past 30, 40, 50 years. Even. There's three times as much property as there's population in Bahrain. Well, we don't cater to just the population. We have the outside. I mean, sure, we're, Saudis who are coming from 50% of our population is not from Bahrain. Of course. So it doesn't take much to have an, it, one company opens up, one big company, like say, I don't know, an industry opens up in Bahrain. You have at least, you know, five, four, three, four thousand people come to the country. That's it. They pretty much take in all the real estate availability that there is. It doesn't take much to fill in the real estate market in Bahrain. It's a small, small country. It's not like Dubai because this or UAE. Is, this is what, what we're going to, what I'm interested in, because you're telling me from that aspect, if you're telling me, listen, you know, Hamid, I have 100,000, I have 50,000, I have whatever amount, I would tell you, go invest into the DAX, go invest into a mutual fund, go invest into, an, into any How kind of How many people index. know this? This is yeah, any basic, basic in finance in, in the where, West. Where, 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 basic in what? In college, you learned this. In school, where do you learn this? Mostly in college and finance, right? Which doesn't exist, of course. Right. <laughs> because Habibi, it's very hard for you to convince me on a property real estate. If because I, listen, if it's in the West, you can say, okay, you know what? I can use depreciation on the property. I can use it for for income tax. Uh, 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 
purposes, and, purposes yeah. and get my tax numbers lower. Halas, that makes sense. There's a financial reason to do it. Yep. But for a guy here who's looking at 4% ROI return, maybe 3% if he's unlucky. Rent? No, a, a year ROI, ownership. If they own it In terms and they of, rent it. No, no, they get more than that. No way. Yes, they do. No way. Yes, yes, they do. We had, what's his name? Ahmed Kafan on from who owns the, who's the marketing, what? Director of what? GFH. Khalfan. Yeah. He yeah. said it himself. 4%. In Very nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. I like him. He's yeah, a nice he's a dope guy. guy. Yeah. And he and wants to go family. into mutual funds and indexes yeah. right now. Well, today now, mm-hmm. that's, no, it's 4% is way too low. So I'll, I'll call Ahmed and, and say, Ahmed, you know what? I think you should edit that part out. <laughs> It is, we edited it is, that part out. Right. Don't worry it, it, about it. It. It, is, it is. it is more. It is more. We have a very good rate of return when it comes to rent. We do. It is good. And especially don't factor that we don't have taxes and things like this. We don't have property tax, which exists pretty much everywhere else. Are you talking about commercial or villas or anything? What? Anything. And in, in, in the Western world, if you own a property or apartment or a factory or whatever it is, you're paying annual uh, tax on these on these properties. properties. Sure. If you're earning money mm. from these properties in terms of rent, you're paying uh, tax on these things. We don't have that. Yes or no, because in the listings on your account balance sheet, as long as you put it into investment, because taxation only occurs on the profit, right? On your net, on your net profit rather than on what your revenue is, right? In Bahrain or in the No, US? in the West. In so, the West. If, for example, in Germany, you can own properties, right? And that rental income you generate, you don't have to get taxed on it if you're using that entire rental statement as an investment portion. Yes, there's definitely <laughs> there ways yeah, 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 of, yeah, yeah. of deferring your taxes or finding some kind of, uh, you know... Uh, this, this, now you're getting yeah. my, my U.S. Uh, rate yeah, out yes, from back yes. in the day. Which I have to. <laughs> but that's why I'm so confused by it. So are you a big a property owner at the moment? Well, in the U.S., everything I bought was just cash. I didn't, I didn't take loans because yeah. I didn't want to get into that area of filing because I'm, I'm not a U.S. citizen. Sure. And I didn't want to even open that uh, avenue. That avenue. So whatever I bought, uh, you know, just you know, money, just buy it, buy it, buy it. So I had quite a few things in California. What about here in the Bahrain? So here in Bahrain, not really. I mean, my family, you know, mm-hmm. has you know a compound and things like this, and I have the, actually my office is in the building that I own. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe an apartment here and there and, mm-hmm. in Amwaj and stuff, but uh, no, not, nothing. Because nothing. I own this one and I own the one below it. Yeah. And the, like in six years, I found I think. A tenant for two years of it. Well, <laughs> I like to. Uh, I want sure. I don't know if you know this, but you've bought, you've purchased in the most expensive. Not that we have zip codes, but if we had zip codes, zip code in the country. Yeah, this is the most expensive area in the country. Absolutely, that's accessible and to anybody that that can be, you know, that can buy. So this is really, really expensive. You buy something like over here, you don't buy it to rent it. You buy mm. it to live in because you want that community and you want this address. Mm. So if you're buying something to, to rent, this is not the... You want to do that, go do it in Amwaj. Mm. And you, you want to... Uh, my wife has an apartment in Amwaj mm. and um, she puts it on Airbnb. It doesn't stop. It oh, really? It literally doesn't stop. Okay. One week, two weeks, and then next week. One week, two weeks, then she's going back and forth, back and forth. Oh, fantastic. Good for yeah. her. Yeah. So it doesn't, it, um, neighborhoods do matter, and uh, the price reflects on that. So in Amwaj, uh, I mean, this is technically one development yeah. in Reef. Um, but in Amwaj, you have different developers doing different things. So some are expensive, some are not. Some were purchased like 10, 20 years, 15 years ago, some recently. Today, the prices are not cheap, obviously. Everybody caught up to the idea of real estate and people buy, and when they build towers, like Ahmed said, and you know, he, when they build towers, they build them understanding that rate of return should not be 
you know, if anybody gets seven to eight percent rate of return, that's a good investment. Sure. So they price things with that mindset, mm. but definitely not four. They get more than four percent. I mean, I, I can, I can, I can tell. Well, you looked at your own indexes, right? Um, there are areas in Bahrain that do better financially than others. Hundred mm. percent. There's no doubt about that. Um, from what I've seen, most of the figures and people I've talked to who, who either own work or do something real estate, it's the same kind of narrative. And yeah. when asked who are purchasing it, it's Kuwait and, and Saudi. Yes, we Especially have. in the yes. higher end places. Yes. I mean, uh, Ahmed uh, is trying to, to, to offload an apartment, a penthouse for 1.6 million BD. Which, you know, who, there's, oh, oh, there's only two, two nations that would be interested. Maybe three. Is, That's about is, it. We still haven't reached Dubai level of popularity and um you know where i mean dubai itself is a brand sure um whenever i'm in vegas or whenever i'm in the u.s mm. and i tell people and they say where and i say bahrain like bahrain 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 i say dubai oh yes dubai 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 <laughs> you know yeah. so i have to use the word dubai and then i say well it's just you know down the road from dubai so we don't have that you know brand recognition yet um Dubai does. So when Dubai, you know, that penthouse that he's talking about, he'll be sold like this in Dubai. People want to buy it just for the image, just for that address, just for that tower. Of course. And they do. I think um, one of the biggest uh, Indian tycoons uh, just bought a property, a second property, actually. One, he bought it for his son. Mm. So I, I can't remember. Don't quote me. But I believe sure. something like, you know, 60 million or something. It was something ridiculous. And Dollars bought, or UAE? Uh, That's a big difference. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I believe it's U, it's it's UAE. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then six months later, he bought another one. Um, but this is not people in Emirat. This is not the locals. Um, this is not somebody from UK who just wants to move to uh, Dubai. No, no. This is somebody significant in the world who happens to be living in India and from India who decided that this is his second. This is where he wants his uh, other home to be. But yeah, but we used to do that with UK. But let's let's not kid ourselves. I mean, London, Dubai, New York, Paris. Uh, that's not where 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 the population lives being from that nation right right i mean in london most people aren't from the uk in in dubai most people aren't from the uae if right. You, right i mean there's right, right. there's facts to this we, we used to do that i mean uh, we our parents and our sure. parent, you know buy a property in the uk buy an apartment in the uk in london london because of stability every summer we'd go to london 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 for a vacation cuz it had the image it had the brand people want to be seen in that area well dubai is that now bahrain was part of the british colony until 1971 no. it's different so you're talking about um, i'm talking about brand recognition sure i'm talking about like there's a lot of people in the uk right now why uk there are a lot of people in the world right now that would love to visit dubai or live in Dubai, or work in Dubai, mm. love. They haven't seen it. They've seen the Emirates ads, they've seen the towers that they have, they've seen the ski, ski, ski slopes, they've seen all the influencers going there, um, the wealthiest influencers going there and, and, and showing off what the, what the place has, which is you know phenomenal. That in itself is causing or making people attracted to that place. We don't have that. And to be honest with you, I don't think Bahrain wants that. I don't think we want that, even me. I don't, I don't want to be living in a, in a place that is I mean, this is a home. I, I want a, a home kind of environment. Mm. So um, whoever wants to come here and live here, by all means, but come live in, you know, in a home. Um, well, I've had this conversation just... exactly with, with, uh, with some of the ministers from the economic board and uh, their, their reference to how they imagined the GCC, our, our neighbors, to look like would be that Saudi would be focused around finance, uh, Dubai would be focused around tourism, and Bahrain should be focused on retirement homes and medical industry. It should be the crown jewel of medical right. in the region, 
and, and f in, on all these people in the UK, in Spain, in America who are looking to retire, right. this should be their vacation home. This should be... Florida. Exactly. Spain for the UK, basically. Spain, yeah. And, and uh, yeah. She, has, she makes good sense. I yeah. mean, it, you have beautiful properties that are all on the beach and the coast. Right, you have yeah. great medical beaches everywhere. Exactly. Can, I mean, you're an island, right? <laughs> this is the optimum, the perfect and it's place safe. for for real estate when it comes to beaches. I mean, this is it. Absolutely. And, and most of it is still, you know, uh, available. So, and it's super safe. And it's just, uh, I'm, I'm I'm telling you before we started, the new this is it, the new frontier. I truly believe the Middle East, especially the Gulf, the Gulf countries, and specifically, are the ones that are going to be leading this part of the world to, you know. What America was in the 70s, 60s, 70s, this is it. I truly believe this is going to be it. Listen, a lot of people come on the show and, and you know, it's, it's, they, they almost insinuate that Bahrain could be uh, Singapore of the 70s, mm. right? It, Bahrain cannot be the Singapore of the 70s right. because you wouldn't want Singapore yeah, of the 70s yeah, in Bahrain. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, I mean, for that to happen, you would have to loosen all kinds of stuff in right. order to al allow that kind of trade. Right, right. You could do it. I mean, Bahrain has an excellent port system yeah. for, for trade. But I don't think that's, that's what they would particularly want. I think it's great to take ideas from all different places mm -hmm. and see what works for you. And mm -hmm. not so much just copy. So, you know, uh, each country or each city or each state are doing some interesting stuff. Some from the Middle East, some from, you know, North America, some for Europe. Take what's working. Take what works for you, mm -hmm. even. And implement it. And I think that's what we're doing over here. I think we're not rushing. We're, not, we're just taking our time. And you know, which is which is fine, uh, especially given the fact that we're very tiny. We're not we're not that big of a country no, in, in I, terms of our size. So uh, we have to be very careful about what we do. And it's not like oh, it didn't work. You know, let's do something else, or you know, let's do something else in the south. Because in Dubai, they have a lot of a lot of ideas, and they have the space, and they have the revenue, uh, revenue, and they have the neighbor neighbors as well. I mean, there are what five six states. They're all part of the same country. No, I agree. I mean, we I talked to uh, Khalid Dosri, um, who who does like video game entertainment and stuff like that. You know, like um, esports, right? Basically, in Saudi. Yeah. And I I also talked to some people from Temkin side here in Bahrain. And the interesting perspective from their end was: listen, we don't have as much of the financial capability as Saudi, obviously. Right. So the ones that we do pick, we have to pick, and then therefore we have to really stick with them. Right. 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 And so that's a very different philosophy what you find in Saudi, which is, you know, when you have the cash, you can go and do all kinds of stuff yeah. and see what turns out and works. Yeah. So it's both a benefit and uh, Our loss. true jewel that we have here, and honestly, I think everybody has said what I'm saying, so it's nothing new that I'm saying, but our true, true jewel is the people. Mm -hmm. The people that exist in this country, the people that work and, and live and are part of this society and part of um, residents and, and even, you know, the citizens and everybody there's so much value in that because whenever somebody visits this country, it's not the beautiful mountains or the lakes that we have or the waterfalls that are, you know, it's the people that attracts them. Sure. When, so, when you go to a place, if you go, if you go visit somebody's house, they might have the most beautiful house, the most beautiful house, but if you don't like the person, if you, the person's not being kind or in your mindset, it's not the type of person that you want to befriend, no matter how beautiful that house is, no matter how beautiful their swimming pool or entertainment is, you're not going to be comfortable being there. Now, you go to somebody's house who doesn't have a pool, doesn't have a tennis court, doesn't have anything, but it's just super cool and you just want to hang out and you just want to be with it. That's it. That's what attracts you. This is what Bahrain is. Bahrain I is the people. What the attraction is, is the people. And everybody, no matter who I speak to, no matter how, where they come, no matter what walks of life, no matter what reason they're visiting Bahrain, whether it's work, employment, health, whatever, they're always so impressed by the people. 
And that's our asset. And this is what we're trying to figure out how to you know, utilize that asset without damaging it, without you know, changing it too much, uh, and trying to differentiate ourselves from the regional countries. Because we are different when it comes to that asset in terms of the uh, regional neighbors. Yeah, but we're more similar than different. Right? Of course, of course, of course, of course. A lot of similarities. Of we're course, more similar than different definitely. at the end of the day. Definitely, definitely. We we're, speak with the same language to start with. The, the similarities is what keeps us close-knit family. Exactly. Uh, the differences is what we can offer to attract people to our place. I agree. And that's what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying. But it's very hard to, to convince a 21-year-old or 25-year-old who's starting their career. May, well, they're a little late starting their career, but they're starting their career. And what opportunities do they have here in the region, right? right. I mean, we had, uh, what was his name, Jamil from Kanu, who, who, who himself said, hey, you know what, if you're in your 20s, leave. Yeah. I mean, leave. Come back when you're, when you're retired and bring your skills and your knowledge and your, and your money back into Bahrain. Right. But that's, that's a fact of life, right? If Saudi pays you a higher uh, uh, starting wage than, than Bahrain for the same same skill set so it's very hard to to keep your 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 local talent I, well and, and there's a lot of brain drain let's take another example sure in bahrain if you're in the uk and you're in what part i don't know essex what sure. part of uk Wessex, whatever part liverpool and, uh, liverpool and you went and you went to college there you finished you're not going to stay there you're going to leave my point exactly if you're in the states and you're from the best state whether you're i don't know say california and you go to college there and you want to work, you're going to leave. You're always going to leave to go to work to find something and to you know, explore and then come back. Bahrain is no different. The only thing is Bahrain is tiny. So when we leave, we literally leave the country. Whereas those, when they leave in that part of the world, they don't really leave the country. They leave a state, they leave a city because I mean, it's huge. Hmm. But for us, we leave a country. Now, honestly, if we leave Bahrain and go work in Dubai or go work in Saudi, I don't really consider it leaving. We're still there. It's Interesting. Okay. We're, we're okay. still there. Okay. Now you leave Bahrain and you go work in Singapore, I say you left. You leave Bahrain and you go work in the States, I say, okay, no, that truly you left. You leave Bahrain and you're working in Dubai or Qatar or Saudi, you're not leaving. You're just going to, you know, your cousin's, uh, you know, you're another state or another, of course, it's another country. But in my mindset, it's just part of the same. They're, oh, all, they're part of the same. Given the you. fact that we're tiny. You know, we uh, when we leave, we actually have to cross a border. I, I agree with you. I, I find it fascinating because I have a lot of people on who are, who say to me, you know, I could, I know in my heart of hearts that if I go to Dubai or Riyadh or whatever, I could be more successful. I could build better skills or whatever, whatever. And they have that same narrative of being like, hey, I just don't want to like be so separated from my family. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the the opportunity cost, right? It's, it's this is what everybody does actually. It's 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 very seldom, very rare, not not very rare, but. You always have to leave your nest to expand your mind, your 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 CV, your skills. You just have to. So why are you? Why did you do the, the magazine for so I long? I did. I expanded. Region? I left when I was twelve. Yeah, but you came <laughs> I back. Just, I you know and I and in two thousand I just came back because I you know it was in I finished my college degree. What else? You know what? I actually opened up a business in San Diego. Mm. Um, I worked in San Diego. Even when I was in college, I was working in San Diego. Um, I worked in several areas. I worked in like video shops. I worked in uh, um, auto places. I mean, I did. Every, I worked. I got my Series 63-inch uh, license, my stock license. I mean, I, I did a lot of stuff in San Diego. But one of the things I did in San Diego is open up a, a coffee shop also with my friends, three uh, Arab friends. Mm. And they didn't want to do it because it had shisha. Mm. And shisha wasn't, ex didn't exist in San Diego. This is 1987. Uh, no, sorry, 1997. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> this is 1997. I just finished college. I was still in you know, the last year in college. And I wanted to open up a shisha shop. You know, this is something, taking something from the Middle East and bring it to the U.S. Um, 
and my friends were like, my friends' fathers, let's say, they were like hesitant. So I had to go physically convince the father. And uh, some of the fathers would not give them the money, and I'd say, well, you know, let's take it out on their credit cards. So somehow, some way, I managed to get all my uh, four, three partners, including myself, four partners, chip in about $10,000 each, $40,000. And I went and I rented um, an old post office, like one of those postal annex places, those small post things in downtown San Diego. Mm. Now, I don't know if you've been to downtown San Diego. I have. <clears throat> you're young, so you've been there recently probably, but back in the 90s, downtown San Diego was not a place you'd want to go to. Mm. So, uh, you know, in 1995, when I'd go to downtown San Diego, want to go to, a, uh, say, a, a restaurant or, or a nice club or something, we'd hear gunshots. We'd have to go under the car or hide. So this is what downtown San Diego was. But it was changing. So I said, you know what, this is where we want to be. And I took a place in downtown San Diego, and we rent, we you know revamped it and everything, and we called it Fumari. Mm. And uh, and it was fantastic. I mean, it was it was a success. Everybody and their mother wanted to be in that place because it had shisha, hookah, uh, and that didn't exist in that. Now it, there were some places in LA, more Arabic uh, societies or you know neighborhoods. They had that, but in San Diego they didn't have it. Especially well, in you the, were ten years ahead of your time. Mashallah. I was, I was, I was. I guess I was. But um, and it was it was fantastic. But then I decided, you know, finish. I want to come back to Bahrain. I got homesick. I've been there too long. Seven eight years is too long. And I just recently got married as well, so I thought this is this is actually where I want to live and raise a, a family. This is you know. This How is hard it. was that convincing? Oh, it was over. I just once I decided in my head this is what I want to do. I just did it. Yeah, but you had to convince the wife's like family oh. as well to take her. Well. That's not something you could just be like, oh, hello. She's gonna <laughs> see this, right? So it's up to you what she. Sees. I remember I had a I had a, I had a book, a coffee table book, about uh, the pearl of the Gulf, which is Bahrain. And it was a beautiful book. It was, you know, very nice, very well-made book. And in it, there was, uh, at the time, the Ritz, I think it was called the, the Meridian. Hmm. There were pictures of the Ritz and the beaches and the beach, the Ritz beach, because we didn't have beaches at that time. Meridian showing, must have just opened up at that point because it's only 30 years old. Yeah. And we had a beautiful beach. I mean, it had, for the first time, we actually had a beautiful beach. And I was showing, showing my, my wife at the time, this is Bahrain. See the beach? This is, this is all over the countries like this. This is beautiful. Bahrain is beautiful. So, you know, this is how I convinced her. She came here, but she wasn't impressed. <laughs> wasn't impressed. Wasn't impressed. It took us 10 years to make our first child. And so, you know, it, was, it wasn't, uh, took a while to convince her this is the place. But, you know, it, it still is. I mean, now she sees the value. Now she sees how different this part of the world is than, than you know, North America, um, especially in the circus that was going on in the past two, three years. I mean, she, she really sees like, wow, how, how important it is for a family to be in this kind of environment versus... Uh, the Western environment that, that she basically grew up in. But, I mean, you have family here, which makes it a lot easier than to, to, to have kids. And, and, you know, imagine being having being stuck in COVID in an apartment in London by yourself for a year. You know, you said it yourself, just the safety aspect, just the rahat bal, you know, mm. that thing that you don't have to think about locking places or your kid is in school or something's going to happen. You don't understand how comfortable that is. Mm. And it's something that it never occurred to 90% of the people living in this country or this part of the world. Let them go live there and it'll take and occupy a space of their brains every day of that fear of something might go wrong. Something, somebody might sue you, just sue you. It's a small you know, accident. You might get sued. You have to you go bankruptcy. Forget the actual you know, killing or you know, things like that. Just the aspects of being sued or getting sick, God forbid, <coughs> and having to you know, be dealt with over there, especially in America. But um, I convinced her somehow, somewhere I convinced her, and I and I sold my comp my uh, shares to my partners, 
Um, today, that business is one of the biggest tobacco distributors branded Fumari, same name, in America. <laughs> it is <laughs> which, what it is. <laughs> which, no, no, my, 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 my former partners own it, and it makes me super proud. I'm, oh, fantastic. I'm just, Do they still, still invite you at least for dinner? Of course they Alhamdulillah. do. In fact, at least they're paying for dinner. <laughs> I'm, bringing, I'm bringing their brand here to Bahrain. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, actually, wonderful. I'm helping a friend of mine to bring the brand here and have him export it to this part of the world as well. I think that's a very smart decision. But uh, but yeah, so that, that idea that nobody wanted to do suddenly became, you know, um, a, a, a tobacco distributor Mashallah. under the same name. Mashallah. So, yeah. But this was uh, this was San Diego, and I, I, I loved San Diego. I, do you, are they going to? Well, I mean, we can cut this part out, but are they going to switch into weed as well now? <laughs> Wait, I mean, come on, Marlboro Reds have switched over. Were you were you kidding ourselves? Hey, I mean, in California, yeah, I guess. Uh, who owns Marlboro again? Which company? Phillips. Philip Morris. Philip Morris. You're talking about Marlboro? Yeah. Yeah. I think they've they've started to look into. Uh, uh, I believe so. I believe so. I believe they have their. They're trying to do their own version or brand or you know, I mean this they is. They already own the farms, right? This is this is you know this is how things move and stuff. You get you get a country saying yes and another country another state and now pretty much I think all over California it's, it's or all over actually U.S. But no, this is not something any one of us is interested in or even thinking about. I think, I think it's going to come eventually. I think it's going to come everywhere. Well, yeah, I mean... The, 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 Again, we can cut this part out. It doesn't progress matter. Progress is inevitable. And uh, as long as there's people wanting or, or accepting it, then of course, why, why wouldn't it come? But you know, if people don't want it, they don't accept it, then no, it's, no, it's harder I, for it to... From my perspective, and just, I'm happy to, to, with anything that makes money as long as it's legal. That's yeah. my only concern, right? Well, what's legal? I mean, that's the thing. So what's legal here could be illegal somewhere else. Sure, sure, sure. So what's legal to you could be illegal to somebody else. Sure. So. But if you if you would tell me, hey, Hamid, where are you going to put, let's say you only had two options, either Philip Morris, who, who I don't know, let's say they stick with tobacco, and Davidoff, let's say, who goes into, I don't know, cannabis and tobacco, and you tell me which one of the two you're going to invest in, I would going to go to choose Davidoff. You'd yeah. be like, they're diversifying their product. Uh, as tobacco and cigarettes have been on the downtrend for a very long time. Societies, especially like uh, um, uh, Australia and New Zealand, are trying to eradicate it completely. Yeah. Uh, I think it's either New Zealand. Even the U.S. Even in the U.S. Yeah. But Australia, I think, or New Zealand, I'm sure one of the two, I don't remember which one, have, have made it so that every year they increase the age to purchase cigarettes by one year. Really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, it, yeah, tobacco is definitely tobacco is a taboo right now. Exactly. Tobacco is the thing that's like a no-no. Even though it's legal, it's just something that they really, really don't want in any way, shape, or form. The Middle East is the only society still left where you can mm. smoke inside of a restaurant Middle or a bar. Middle East, Asia. I mean, this part of the world. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're, Iran is the only, I think, from what I know, only the the only airline left that allows you to smoke in an airplane in still, domestic flights. Really? Only in domestic. Though. Wow, I didn't even know that. It can, they so that's that. the, that's the last of the last. Yeah. And then that'll be it. Funny enough, I remember. Uh, being on an airplane flying back and forth to UK with people smoking everywhere. I remember that era. What a, what a time it was. Okay. <laughs> it was actually horrible. The whole, the whole, I disagree. As a the smoker, whole plane, I love it. The whole plane smelled of tobacco. You walk in, you walk out, you felt smelled like an ashtray. I love and, it. And, but then they tell you, you can sit in the back, as if that made a difference. <laughs> it's, like, it's not a separate room, it's an airplane. It's, you know, but, uh, but don't you miss the days where, where, where airlines would treat you like a human being, not yeah. cat, cattle in a farm? This part of the world still does. That part of the world doesn't. That's no. the thing. That's what I keep saying. That there's a huge, there's a huge shift in terms of what is humane. good, futuristic, what's humane, service oriented. I mean, 
you know this. When it comes to service, we'd always look at the U.S. in terms of this is a service society. Customer is always number one. This is, you know, you want to know about service? Go to the America and learn how people service each other and how the company, corporations service people and you can return things and stuff. That's changing. This part of the world still has it. In fact, it's doubling down on it. It's, it, the amount of places, sorry to interrupt you, but the amount of places that I go, you know, like local barber shop, uh, a mixed grill or whatever, who just like I, more than once my barber just said, hey, you know what? And I just والله ما أدب خلاص يلا ما تدفعني على البيت. And I'm like, no, no, حام you can't. And he's like, no, no, no. Listen, come next week and pay this week for you. It's خلاص free. Same as with mixed grill or yeah. or, or shawarma or whatever, where yeah. they just give it to you and then just be like, hey, you know what? You've come here a lot, blah blah blah. That you will never find that ever. No. It, you can go to that same restaurant for 10 years and no. they will never ever ever be like, hey, you know what? The bills on the house. <laughs> And mostly in that part of the world, the Western part of the world, usually when it when when good service and all this is done because of money, mm. it's not because of kindness or because of you know interest or it's strictly money. They understand that the money goes up and down depending on how you treat people. In this part of the world, it's not really about just about money. It's just part of their culture. This is how they are. When when you know when you come in, when you when they service you, when they take care of you, when they offer you something, it really is a representation of the culture. Uh, the money is secondary. Over there, no, the money is primary. Absolutely, you, absolutely. You, there, if there's no financial incentive, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. There has to be a financial incentive. Over here, we don't have really a financial incentive to make us do what we're doing or to be hospitable, let's just say, or service-oriented. Um, but take it a step further from your customers and your suppliers. Never in America was I, was I invited, you know, maybe for, for a barbecue or something like that. That's the closest a supplier might invite you to. But here in Bahrain, if I get from hairdresser to business to whatever, yeah. to uh, uh, the guy in the, the Ritz. Uh, That's what I'm saying, hairdresser. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I get my hair straight sometimes, right? <laughs> it is what it is. Um, That's <laughs> fine. But, you know, you get invited to people's homes and, and it's it's pleasant experience. It is. It is. I, I This is, I wouldn't change this this country for the for, for anything in my life. Interestingly enough that you, we, we got into that subject, again, we can cut this out of mind, but we had a few girls on the show and they were telling me a lot about how they wish they had the same freedoms, the same equal rights like in the West. And I, I looked at them and I said, listen, you can't have the good without the bad. Careful what they ask for. So, so I said, have you been to the US and have you been to the West? And a few of them said no, a few of them said yes. I said, mm. you've been to the West, how is the clubbing scene there? And she was like, she like almost like lost her mm. face, lost the color in her face. She said, uh, guys would touch me and all this kind of stuff. And I right. said, you won't find this here in, no. in, in, in the GCC. You know, if you go to Dubai or to Bahrain, uh, did, we, uh, what, did people call you, you know, bitch, stuff right. like this? Right. It's like when I was walking down the road, people were whistling at me. Here, no, if, no. here they, if, if they whistle, it's a fine. Yeah. 100 BD. Yeah. If they whistle, they wouldn't even whistle because there's something called respect. There's manners. And it's instilled by the society, by your family, by the leadership. I mean, everybody in the whole hierarchy has it. And if that's how it is, this is how you end up being. Absolutely. And I said, listen, if, if you want to be treated like that, you can go to the West and you will be treated yeah. like a guy. Yeah. And if that's what you want, then alhamdulillah. But if you, if you like having respect and people not touching you and people not, you know, if somebody calls you a bitch in a club, the whole club looks. <laughs> They're like, shame. I mean, big must have happened. You know, there must be big drama. But in the, in the West, they're like, whatever. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, 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 not, it's not the same. But people always want what they don't have. So, yeah. you know, you're, you're, the guests that you're referring to, if, some of them, <laughs> if they haven't been to that part of the world, you know, that, and, and my God, it's glorified that part of the world. I mean, just 
watch any movie. Sure, uh, you know, sure. Read anything, any any of these international or any of the magazines. Actually, just it's just glorified, and you can't help but feel attracted to that kind of message and that kind of uh, thing. But then when you go there, it's different. And this is somebody who's actually lived there for a while um, and got married there as well. Mm. It is it is a difference, um, and and um, which is still fine and still works. But for people that are more accustomed and used to that kind of uh, mentality, mindset, and culture. For us, no. And this is what it was actually for me. You said you just came back just like this. When I went to the States, I was, I think, what, 19, 20, 19? Mm. And I just, it was just like your guest, my dream. I just wanted to go there. And, and it's not like I've been behind all my life. I mean, as I said, I was in the UK once since I was 12. So, but I wanted, you know, the US. I mean, this is the US. So, um, and I loved it. And I couldn't wait just to go there. And I went there and it was amazing. And I loved every every year, every time, every state I went to. And I started in Detroit and then Michigan and then went to California. I just loved every, every, every part of it. As you get older, your mind changes, your habit changes, your priorities change. And then you see like, whoa, you know, this is really not where I want to be. This is not really where I'm comfortable to, you know, establishing my, 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 my family or my grounds. Um, I'm more comfortable back home and your mind changes so your guests sure. depending on their age it's entirely right and, and correct as it was for me to think in that way and they do need to understand and explore and, and find it out if you tell them no don't go and don't they'll just want to go more sure 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 no i, I tell them listen go <laughs> they, check they it need out. to go they need to go i i was i was looking for apartments with my ex at the time who was doing her doctorate in washington these washington sorry state um in seattle and the apartments that we looked for her, nice apartments, nice outside. But on the other side of the road, literally the other side of the road, was a camp, as in from a homeless camp. And I looked at the the agent at the Seattle. time, and I said, "What's what's going on here?" And they're like, "Oh, oh, they're going to clear them soon." Oh, and I went, "Clear them soon?" Yeah, it's it, like a, a city right now. <laughs> exactly. It was like it was like a small town. Like they were doing trade. It was like like yeah, yeah, we yeah. went back in time. Yes. Uh, like barterism and uh, they're like yeah yeah we we shoo them away every couple of months but they just come back yeah and i went this is, you don't want to put a gate <laughs> what, what? no and they're like no we can't because it's federal land and all this kind of stuff and i'm like but you're okay with with renting a price for this property at two thousand dollars a month but living next to a, a homeless a homeless yeah. encampment with with drugs and all kinds of stuff at, at the time my ex uh, she would not we had a dog and she, we she would not walk the the she would she would say to me Hamid listen I'm not comfortable walking the walking him at night do you mind doing it right right and b- because it, 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 it and this is in a wealthy neighborhood I mean this, this was a wealthy neighborhood yeah and the amount yeah. of times I would walk the dog and there would just be like a homeless guy just like completely out of his mind on drugs just staring down you know that t- thousand mile stare that right? <laughs> Start really looking at you. Yeah, he's, he's thinking. But he's 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 like he's like on the other street side, and as you're walking, he's he's, he's just like mm. staring at you as we walk past. It's just crazy. No, of crazy. course not. Everywhere in the states is like this. I mean, there are some some blue states that are like this, and uh, you know. Have you heard what Texas ju- the Texas uh, governor was doing? No. He was putting them. He was he was putting the immigrants that are coming from the Mexico border, and he was just sending them. Yeah. He was sending them to, to straight to New York. So you know why, of course, that because you know it's 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 <laughs> for New York and all those states to say that we're uh, sanctuary cities and stuff. They're not actually bordering any any uh, other countries. Absolutely, it's Texas and it's you know California, those, those Florida, those places are actually bordering, and they're or New Mexico. They're they're experiencing firsthand what it is. 
Um, so it's easy to say I'm pro something if nobody <laughs> in your country is like that. So that's what actually what he did, just to you know relay that message, which I think you know it, it kind of worked. It's it's weird that that in the U.S. at the moment it's become almost in a sense racist if you don't want to learn how to speak Spanish, right? <laughs> that's so weird. I, this is an interesting topic. I just can't believe how it ha they've polarized race in that country. I mean, it's just. The country that was always at the forefront of trying to make sure that you know that word doesn't exist. I mean, I remember buying, renting. Forget buying, renting apartments, and there was a, a fair equal housing rights or something like that, mm. whereby if the person you're renting from from uh, is a minority you know, or whatever, like if if he uh, what is it, what's the word? I can't think of the word. But if he if he saw me as like some like an Arab or something that he didn't want me to rent one of his places, I can go and make a case against him or I can object to that in the sense that he's not renting it to me on the basis of my race. That's how far and how deep they go to make things fair and equal to everybody. But they went a little bit too far <laughs> and they're going so far that they're actually going back to where, where it started. And uh, I, I keep telling when I went to the, I mean, when I went to the U.S. and you see people you know, of African American and things like this, I said in, in Bahrain, I'd never in my life, not once in my life, ever thought this was he was black or he was never. It was just Bahraini, very dark Bahraini, hairy Bahraini, blonde Bahraini, light Bahraini, Bahraini who doesn't speak English, Bahraini. Who's, but they were all Bahrainis. Mm. Never ever race entered my head ever, despite their obvious physical differences you go to the states that's the first thing that pops up and the first thing that they identify oh he's this and he's that and he's you know this ethnicity and that ethnicity and it's the fact that they always want to write the ethnicity that they you know they really hone in on it they it's very on bizarre it. it's just you know be quiet about it it'll go it'll go away if you emphasize on something then people are going to look at it and then they say oh well i'm arab american oh you're well i'm italian american i'm and then suddenly an arab is different than italian they're all americans but they're all you know african american some obviously are different in terms of their looks some are not i speak to a lot of americans and they tell me how shocked for them a culture shock it is when they go to europe or to asia or wherever and they're just just as a group of party just called american Right. Oh, you know, they don't they're not like, oh, John, he's a black American. Oh, John, he's he's a right. Latin American right. or Asian American. They're shocked from the idea yeah. that in, in the outside world, they're just Americans. You're right. It's so you're right. crazy. You're, right. you're absolutely right. Well, so crazy. They, the, the Navy comes to Bahrain and none of that mindset that what I just said occurs when they're in Bahrain. They're all American. They're they're all of them, no matter what walks of life or not what, how they look or what color or whatever their hair or skin, whatever it is, it's gone. They're just simply Americans because they're in a society where there are other non-Americans, like, you know, Arabs and things like this. So they identify themselves as Americans. You go back to the, you know, take them back there and then they go back in their own little groups. Communities. And communities and, and identities. And, it's uh, so interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. It's interesting, but it's sad. Because I, I love America. I mean, I really love the United yeah. States. And the fact that this is happening is just, you know, I, I know the interest and, and the, they want to do things right. But sometimes you want to do things so right. It's like a child. You want to protect your child and take care of him. Sometimes you overdo it. You, over, you know, the child comes out a little bit, you know, weird. Because yeah. and, and, uh, you just, you gave too much love and too much attention. So sometimes, you know, let, letting go and not paying too much attention to these things is actually the way to go. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. I, I don't see it either. I mean, the, whatever is happening in, in the West is 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 going to be a wave or a shock wave that's happening to the rest of the, yeah. of the globe. 
Um, I think right now, if we're talking about media particularly, yeah. in the U.S., I think media has, has peaked at the moment. Um, Bob Iger, the former CEO of Disney, said um, there's more content now available than eyeballs on the planet to watch them. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and so it's peaked right now. And coding and programming, which was very interesting five to ten years ago, is, is just in this region now being developed when the rest of, of the, the globe is kind of right. not anymore into it. And so, so media uh, content, I mean, you were very ahead of your time with the magazine business. Yeah. It's, it's only now, it's only now that the rest of this region right now is responding to it. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I was a little bit lucky also because what happened is um, in 2016, uh, a company came to Bahrain and there were, there were, a Canadian company came to Bahrain and they were looking, um, uh, they, they visited us because they were doing some kind of show about real estate and we had their real estate magazine mm. and they wanted to, our permission to have the magazine on the show or whatever. And in that meeting, they found out that we have a, you know, a car magazine as well. And they said, you know, would you like us, are you interested to have a car show done? And I said, what kind of car show? And this is my partner at the time. And uh, they said, you know, a, a show, basically talking about cars and stuff like that. And I said, well, you know what, let's change it a little bit. Because everybody has a car show and, and the best of the best have car shows. Mm. So let's not compete with the best of the best. Let's start something different within the same ideas. So I said, how about a reality TV show around uh, a car magazine? Mm. So, you know, basically the, you know, the yin yang of what's going on in the, in the publishing house between myself and my partner. And we were always like at each other's throats and talking and stuff like that, you know, about deadlines and stuff. Uh, and also the visits of the cars, and, and they said, okay. So they came, they recorded, we found some sponsors to cover that expense, and for three months, we had a film crew follow us everywhere, in the office, outside the office, meetings with clients. We went to Dubai for a whole week. They stayed with us in Dubai, also you know, testing cars and meeting clients and stuff like that, and uh, they finished it, and then they sold it to Netflix, and Netflix bought it, and... Uh, that was a big thing for us because it was one of the first times ever somebody from Bahrain yeah. had his own show. And it was called Arabian Motors. I, I made sure, I mean, I, well, I had certain conditions, you know, the amount of money and all this stuff. And also that the name of the show has to be the name of the magazine. Yeah. They didn't like that, but this is my condition. So... What do they want to call it? Uh, deals in the desert or something like that. Oh, <laughs> that was you? Yes. Okay, they removed it off Netflix now. But yeah, I, yes, I that, saw... that was us. That was, that, that oh, was fantastic. Us. Yes, yes. I, I remember watching the storyline. There was two guys and one girl, I That's think. That's right. I'm one of the guys in my... Uh, oh, my yes. yes. Oh, and, now it's yes. clicking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yes. And... and um, and in 2006, we'll have to take a picture in a bit because <laughs> a, a friend of mine is it, it was saying that was her favorite show. Yeah. <laughs> well, funny you said that. But just last, I mean, this is so the show was 2017, 18, 19. It was on Netflix. It was two seasons or three. It was one season. One season. And that's the thing with Netflix. If you don't have a season two, then they take away. You know, you, you need to have several seasons. We didn't do a season two. So, you know, it only lasted about two, three years on, on Netflix. And it wasn't even aired in this part of the world, actually. It was aired everywhere else in the world except <laughs> this part of the world. Well, the reason for that is because the people that the producers wanted to sell it to NBC. Yeah. Um, so if they sold the rights to Netflix for everywhere, then they, ha they can't sell it against somebody else. But NBC didn't give buy us, it. They, they didn't buy it. They're like, you know, from Bahrain? Pff, we're not going to buy something from Bahrain, you know. And, and Would you be interested in doing a season two? Well... What made that work was the dynamics between myself and my partner. Sure. And um, 
Are you still in good terms, or that's well, gone? No, no, well, unfortunately, he he had a, a medical issue. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, it's really sad, and and I, I love my partner. Um, but, Speedy uh, recovery, I wish him. Uh, yeah, there there was a, a a medical mishap. He had to do some kind of surgery, and it didn't go so well. So things, you know, went downhill from there, and he couldn't, you know, come back to work. He was, you know, it it, it really did affect him physically. Like sad, uh, Yes, and as a result of that, um, he couldn't really continue, you know, being part of part of the business, and 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 we couldn't do season two. But if I was to do it, I'd, I'd actually, you know, it, it worked with him, and I'd want to do it with him. But I can't do it with him anymore, and you know, he's not mm. there, um, unfortunately. So that is not something, and that's the reason why Netflix, you know, took it out because there's no season two. Mm. Um, but what you said, you know, your friend, last year I went to the States with my mom. I go to the States every year. I have to go to the States. I have to pay homage because my wife, mm. family lives there. Mm. Um, but sure enough, sacrifice the lamb. I, I have to. <laughs> yeah. But my mom also has her sisters and, and cousins there as well. So I, my mom went with me and uh, she stays with my cousins and my wife stays with her mom. And I stay in my house. I like alone. that. Yeah, Very traditional. I love my, that. My, my, my vacation away from everybody else. So I'm there with them in California, but I'm also alone in my own little place. Um, and my, my mom was telling me that she she went with one of my cousin's kids, you know, to college. She said, you got to come see my college. It was Pomona or some state college in, in, in L.A. And she went with him to, to the college. And he says, you got to come see my university. Mm. So when they go there, you go to the reception. And I'm, I'm sure you know, but when you go to, to this, the colleges, even here in Bahrain, universities, you have to sign in. You can't just walk in. So um, my cousin was telling, you know, the, the receptionist, you know, my aunt is here and I want her to, you know, come in. And, and she said, well, we need her ID. And so my mom gave her, you know, the Bahraini passport or whatever she gave her. And she's taking the name and she says, Nejla Uchi. Nejla Uchi. Hold on. And this is my mom telling me this thing, you know. My mom doesn't speak very good English. And the, and the lady goes back and comes back with a mobile phone and she says, do you know this person? And it was a picture of me. <laughs> And my mom was like, first of all, she was freaking out because somebody has a picture of me on their phone. So she doesn't yeah. understand the concept of, you know, social media and, and she still doesn't quite get it. It's like, oh, that's my son. That's, that's my son. And she's, oh, well, we, you know, we know him and we follow him. You know, we, we watch his shows, we watch his programs. And, and then the next thing you know that she's being, you know, uh, shown all over the campus and, and being <laughs> taken. And they, and they tell my cousin, like, you know, this is your aunt. to like, oh, my God. And, you know, they brought her in. So, so yes, I'm... I'm I'm known, of course, people know me in Bahrain, but in, in, this, in the States, you know, people do recognize. I mean, not so much now, but in the past. They, no, but the thing is, they, it's not me that they saw. It's not even my mom that looks like me. It's just the name. Mm. They just recognize the name, the last name. Mm. So that lady recognizes the last name, and from that last name, she it clicked. You know, it clicked. So I'd understand if somebody sees you and says, you know, you look, are you, you know, so-and-so? I'd understand that. But it wasn't me they even saw. It was just the name. So um, it was, you know... Mashallah. And I've had several of these things, several of these incidents when I went to Vegas, and especially in 2018 and 2019, and it felt good. It felt good. So season two is a yes. Yeah. So okay, we'll do season two. All right. All right. We've got the. Do you like cars? Crew. Do you even like cars? Uh, yes, but I don't think I like the cars that you like, though. But you see, that that's that's good. See, that that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for okay. people that doesn't like what I like. I, I wasn't planning on being the host. I I can be just uh, from the director side of it to get production no, no, done. No, 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 no. You, you can be in it. Okay. I pleasure. I appreciate see, it because what works. Just like this, if you're not even in this, if you're outside and you're asking me questions and I'm answering and then you edit it to where I'm just my answers are all the time, people will watch it. I'm not saying no, mm. but the dynamics that exist between two people, mm. that's really what people are entertained with. It's, it's the, you know, back and forth and what you're saying and what I'm saying and things like that. 
which is most of these reality TV shows uh, have. It's the dynamics. The, sure, it has the, to the, have the that. The drama and the fun and the love and the hate and the arguments and the tension. So, sure, you know. I, you have to, if you want to do something like, like uh, Top Gear or um, what's the new one uh, that they made? Dan, do you remember the new show? Uh, Grand, Grand, Grand Tour. Tour. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. If, if, those dynamics work well is because they piss on each other's legs all day yes. long, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a very hostile work environment. It works so well. <laughs> it works even when they left the, you know, the, the Top Gear and they went to the States and did their own show. It was still popular. Do you, in, a, in a completely different country. I mean, it's not like they stayed in the UK. I mean, they're British. They went to America and still became popular, still became really, you know... Do you know what the behind-the-scenes story was from the BBC? A little bit, yes. Yeah, yeah they well, wanted to rehire him again. A, again, after, the, after that? Yeah. Uh, so so no, That part I didn't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so and what did the... Uh, Jimmy, Jeremy, it was, uh, what did he do? Uh, they wanted to rehire him, but uh, they saw this as a perfect opportunity to punish him by firing him <laughs> and then rehiring him at a lower wage. Yeah. Right. And he was like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just gave out a bid and Amazon was the highest bidder. And that's rest is history. The rest is history. As I say. Yeah. And they, they, they really hit it big with Amazon. I mean, they have that backing. Top Gear is really struggling at the moment yeah. with the new BBC show. It is. I mean, they went through a lot of uh, different characters and different uh, hosts, um, mm. uh, some amazing, some really famous. But um, it's not really just the show. It's the dynamics that happens between people that people are more interested in. Sure, of course. Of course, the content is important, but the dynamics, the people presenting that content, the people talking and their opinions and, mm. and their attitude and you know, how they work together, that's really what, what's, uh, what's interesting. On that note, by the way, have you seen the Biban show that we've done here? In yes, I have. Um, we had uh, Hamad, I think, was on. Okay. Yeah, I think was he was he hosting it or presenting it or was he? Taking part, I think Fawaz from Winners Academy. Right. So this was this. What a weird response that was! Right. So not a big fan of what Heroes Academy, I guess. No, 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 no. No, I'm I'm more I'm more I'm more interested in the actual show than the actual participants that took in the show because. This if only it's marketed very badly, well, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't think so? I'm I'm involved with them. But on the marketing uh, side? Well, I'll tell you what what happened. So this was an idea that um, um, His Excellency, uh, the Minister of Youth and Sports, mm. um, it was his. You know, un, you know, he 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 wanted to do some kind of uh, um, part of these things that that was going on internationally in different parts of the world, and more to concentrating on businesses and youth. And of course, under the you know vision and uh, leadership of His Highness uh, Sheikh Nasser, um, he's the one who's really you know trying to push this through. But uh, His Excellency is the one that's actually making it happen, mm. and he combined a team and uh, with him um, under the Hope uh, Fund umbrella. And I'm one of those team members. Sure. And uh, in that team, we had to you know come up with different things that we wanted to do. The show, the Shark Tank, it's actually Shark Tank. Yeah, I know. Was one of those things, um, but it was one of those things because of also what we're trying to do. So we, the content was being made. We were training people to become entrepreneurs. We were helping them. We were trying to find them funding. So the content was being made. We just created a show around the content. And um, the first year we did it, we had only four 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 shows. It was mm. only four. And uh, we didn't even sell it. We just gave it to Shahid. Four episodes, you mean? Four episodes. Yeah. Four episodes, and we gave it to Shahid, which is part of NBC. 
and it was just you know it went it was so popular mm. um, and not just so popular in terms of the actual show because it hasn't been done before mm. uh, especially in Bahrain it hasn't been done before and these are these are Bahraini people mm. not all of them are young but these are Bahraini people and Bahraini investors and their question and answers I mean you don't really hear of Bahraini companies usually nobody talks about Bahraini companies as I said I had a business magazine my magazine was the only one talking about different companies but it was in English mm. so um, this was the next step I guess is to create a show around it so I mean it became so big that now we have participants and even interest in investors from Saudi from UAE in this next season that we just now finished season two just yeah now, we just finished about two three weeks ago yeah we had uh, a couple of shows where we had uh, UAE investors and UAE participants and entrepreneurs and that's what's happening here in Bahrain now it's we're getting shows like this which was never heard of I mean when we did the show we had to go sell it to Netflix sure I mean I would have loved if Bahrain TV bought it or Bahrain TV aired it but that wasn't the case they didn't have that kind of mindset uh, or I don't want to say vision they have a vision but the mindset was not there but somebody like Netflix said yeah I'll pay you know a quarter of a million for this show mm. uh, because they were smart they knew that this is how they captivate the audience from this part of the world and to, on their platform and now you see Netflix there's so many other you know Arabic shows that they have uh, GCC shows so this hope uh, umbrella that we have we started you know part of it was the Biban show is just to show what, what what is being done in Bahrain and the beauty of it is it's like we're hitting two birds with one stone it's like we're talking about investors and entrepreneurs and we're encouraging entrepreneurs each one of those entrepreneurs by the way they're um, taught uh, and uh, shown different ways and how to present how to talk about numbers you know we, we hold their hands literally we teach them everything to help them with their business and also to help them sell to the investors mm. and then they go on the show so we you know enjoy it from the fact that there's a show being done and enjoy it from the fact that there's you know entrepreneurs that are being recognized I mean these are entrepreneurs that now you look at them and you mention them in the same ways that Shark Tank does mm. you, you want to know now you know if this business is going to succeed and now that they have the right investor and it was on the show what's it going to do next year so we're going to for example in a year or two we're going to go back to these people and see how they did it and how they're successful or if they're not successful your show your program Mm. This, you know, four or five years ago, this wouldn't, uh, you'd probably still do it. But if you wanted to go and tell people that you're doing this, they'd be like, oh, well, you know, they'd be more hesitant. But this is what's happening now in Bahrain. We're open to these things from every level, not just from a entrepreneurs like you and my, sorry, like you and I. Sure. But also from a governmental point of view as well. And they're investing so heavily in the youth because that's the future. Oh, you're absolutely right, and it's a great vision. But we we had this conversation off camera. So far, we, we, the money being pumped is in the production fa- side of it, rather than the supply side of it. It's fantastic opening shows, be it mine, be it yours, be it whatever. But you need to have your own supply. You can't just be selling it to NBC Studio. Yes, yes, yes. You yes. can't just be selling it to Netflix. Well, stay tuned. Right? That's stay tuned. Stay th- tuned. That's what's the there important. are plans. There are plans. I, I, I you, you, you agree with me on this, or no? Oh, not only do I agree with you, but a lot of people also agree with what you're saying and understand what you're saying, and a lot of relevant people, um, key decision makers, also see that as well. And uh, it's all in the pipelines. It's, it's not, you know, Bahrain is not like something, we're going to do it and the next day is done. It takes a little bit of time for us to do it. UAE and Saudi, the sheer size, land-wise and population-wise, it's not fair to even compare. compare. It's just, it's not fair. Um, there, there's nothing that we can compete in terms of, just because of that. Um, whatever you start, whatever you open. So when we do things, when we do start things, 
we have to think more of the regional and, and how we can take a little portion of it. Sure, Saudi and UAE can do your stuff, but we want to do our own stuff as well. And you know what? Come on board. Let, sure. Let, let, you know, let, there, there's, you know, there's Netflix and there's Amazon and there's Hulu and there's, you know, so many other things. So it's, it's not wrong to have different platforms for different ideas. And, you know, so I'm very much for Bahrain having its, its own. I'm very, very, I'm with very you. much. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you 110%. A lot of people that are in the business that you're in, and some in the back end of the business in terms of the studio as well, not, not so much as content creators, but the ones that record the contents as well. There are also, I, I know them, and they're also looking and thinking, you know, there's so much that can be done here. There's so much, you know, there's so much stories. There's so many things that can be documented, done movies and shows about things like that. So what I really think, I think we should be having some kind of, not just in you know, the health market, I think is what you started in telling me that Bahrain should have some kind of, because we have so many hospitals, which I agree with, a, a form of a retirement kind of thing. Mm. I, I, like, I like the Florida idea. But also I think if we have some kind of a film academy, where, because everybody now is a Tem Keen is looking at it right now, I Who can is? promise you. Tem Keen is looking oh. at that right now, <laughs> I can promise you. Uh, but in order to do that, you know, it not only does it require a lot of funding, but it takes three years to train someone to a standard of doing it, right? Sure. It's, do you think, it's not easy finding, uh, finding Dan, and it took, uh, it took us to train Akash, what, uh, uh, two, six, six weeks, four weeks? What was it, Danny? Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, it needs to start. And he still doesn't know how to edit properly. Is that true? <laughs> yeah or not? Do you know how to do color correction? You know how to do color correction? Do you know how to set your white balance? There, that's what I thought. <laughs> Let's have a cigarette break. Do you want a coffee or shake? Have you Sure, I'll have a coffee. Do you enjoy the show so far? Yes. There's one point, what is it? 1.6 million people right now in Bahrain. Do you know that Akash right there is fighting Husseini? <laughs> Yeah, Hussein Husseini from Kitchen, Hustle Kitchen. Like they're going to, to, to sit in a ring and punch each other's lights out. Wow. Because I just, we just thought it was fun. And so <laughs> we were like, okay, how feasible is it? Um, are, are we able to get any kind of cash? Are we going to do it for free? Whatever. Because they hate each other. And um, I, I contacted British Club and they said, sure. We'll, we'll give you some cash for the ring and we'll no put way. some money for the tickets. And how is it possible that in 1.6 million people, we're the only two idiots <laughs> who are getting, like, do something anyway to that? That's very creative, actually. Yeah. But this is how you have to think. I mean, everybody says you have to think out of the box. They don't actually explain to you what out of the box means. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but it's, just, it's just a slogan that people use. Oh, think out of the box. There's actually a little bit more to it. It's not just a phrase. You actually do have to think differently. Sure. I mean, we just did it because it was fun. And, and now Akash has been training for how long at, at USC? You've been training about a month. And how, how secure are you from winning against uh, Husseini? You're 100%? Really? Oh. He doesn't sound very confident right now. When is this going to happen? Uh, January 5th. Call me. Let me know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll put you in the VIP seat. Yeah, yeah. I'd love, <laughs> I'd love, I'd love, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. <laughs> Uh, you, I think we've, we've published some videos, I'll send it to you. Um, at one point, Akash says to him, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass when I move my toes, <laughs> you'll talk. <laughs> like crazy VIP stuff. VIP seat, you said, right? Yeah, okay, okay. I promise you. I'm going to hold you accountable to that phrase, by the way. Absolutely. What, <laughs> what, what did you say about his business partner? Hosseini? Yeah. 
Oh, he's up next. <laughs> he said it. He said, what was it? He said, um, not only am I going to beat the shit out of you, but I'm going to take your business partner and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> you're on a roll, but you're on a, on a roll over here. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Netflix. We're going to put it in our own fucking channel. Are you crazy? <laughs> my God. My God. He had some crazy lines. He said, like, I'm going to beat up everyone who, who you stole money from. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long list. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. He, he, I gave him twenty BD because he he said we're gonna do like a we're gonna do like a sales show, and I want you to 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 run it, the camera gear right. and stuff like that, the Record production. It. I said, halas, not only will I run it for free, but I'll even pay the ticket price. How much is the ticket price? He said twenty BD. I said, here's twenty BD. Go and do it. It never happened. <laughs> Best 20 VD, in my opinion, to have, have ever invested. <laughs> Just to hold it on top of his head. It's not even an investment. It's like a ticket to entertainment. <laughs> exactly. I, I, because I knew he was, he was, I knew nothing of it will happen. So, so happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be waiting for that January 5th. January 5th, he said, right? Yes. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And then Ali Muhammad as well, if you know who that is. No. He, he's the Bahrain boxing champion, the official one. What, what is this challenge that you, you what, 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 why is he challenging everybody? And, uh... Because it's just fun. <laughs> what is it that you're doing that makes people want to challenge you? You know what? I'm next. Based on what... <laughs> I'm telling you, he's 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 got a real piece of mouth to him. <laughs> once he opens up a little bit and isn't so shy like Well, you can girl. get him in trouble and get him, definitely get him out of trouble as well. You can use the mouth. Uh, no ways. way. I'm going to keep him in jail. <laughs> what are you talking about? Depends how you use it. No, no, no. Jail time. What about it, Akashi? You come out like Batman. But yeah, I don't know. Why do you think Bahrain like people don't do anything fun? Fun? Sure, they go to Jafar and like fuck <laughs> around. But they don't like they don't like they don't like message people on 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 fucking Instagram and say, "Hey, I'm going to punch the lights out of you." Nobody does anything, Gaddy. <laughs> I think wild. It's such a close-knit family. I mean, you know, and, and I mean it in every sense of the word. Everybody knows everybody, and if they don't know you, they know somebody that you know or some relative of yours. That it just makes it hard to, you know, be the black sheep. Be the black sheep, and hence the you're the black sheep of yours, I imagine. I'm definitely the black sheep of mine. I mean, I think that's why we get along so well. <laughs> well, I, I try to be nice to everybody. <laughs> Being nice <laughs> I, is I fun. I try to, you know, balance things out, and uh, I, I am opinionated, so I definitely give out my opinion when when it's being asked. Mm. But um, you know, you, you need to. Um, when I was a little bit younger, I was more hard-headed and, and really opinionated but you need to balance this every now and then and just figure out how boarding school i went to boarding school sure you learned this in boarding school mm. i was the only arab out of six thousand students mm. everybody else was british literally everybody else was british i think it was like two black guys three indians in england three indians and, and two pakistanis those were back the days those the, were the days <laughs> this is 1984 <laughs> 85 86 87 88 and uh i was the only one there and i and i figured out that it was hard because, you know, um, there's a lot of prejudice and, and racism over there, especially being an Arab, you know. What is it? 
camel jockey, oil digger, whatever, you know, old, son old, of a sand nigger. Son, you know, old, I got that one things. a lot. So I you said, didn't want to finish that sentence. No, I said digger. <laughs> <laughs> digging, digging the oil. <laughs> but but um, I figured out, actually, I don't know if I figured out, subconsciously it happened to where there's no way I can change the way I look. This is how I look. I can't change the way I look. So whenever somebody sees you, automatically they like, okay, you don't belong here because I'm in England, so I don't fit in that, that, that scene. Community, yeah. So what I figured out is it's, it's in the accent. If you're able to replicate the accent of the person that you're speaking to, that is much more important than the way you look. You could look Asian, Chinese, and speak Bahraini, and خلاص, you're Bahraini. Mm. So uh, the physical appearance will definitely uh, get you in there or be accepted or not accepted. Because But once you start talking, that's when it confirms it. So I picked up pretty much every single accent in UK. The Cockney accent, the, the English Queen, Queen's accent, the Welsh accent, the Irish accent, the Scottish accent, the rich people's accent, the poor people, the Essex accent, everyone. And I, and I change it whenever I speak to somebody from that thing. And once you change the accent, that's it. You're one of them. You really wanted to fit in, didn't you? Oh, I really, I really did. I mean, I had a really tough time. It was really, I mean, I really had to struggle being the only Arab in that school. And I was young. And that was, that was, this was part of the survival. That I mean, this is, I think this is the point of people putting you in boarding school. It's just to give you that tough time and figure out so that you can figure yourself out and figure out how to fit in and how to survive. And I took that to the next stage. So when I came to Bahrain, I did the same thing. So Lebanese, I speak to them, picked up their accent. I speak to them Lebanese, Egyptian, Lebanese, Egyptian, Palestinian, Palestinian, Bahraini, Bahraini, Iraqi, Iraqi. And I picked it up to the extent that there is no way on earth they would know that I wasn't Lebanese mm. or wasn't Palestinian. There was no way, no way. I'd speak Lebanese to somebody who's, Lebanon, who's from Lebanon and he wouldn't know that where I'm originally from. And the same thing when I went to the States. I'd pick up the accent like the Texas, the California, the Florida, the, you know, the different parts of the South. And I really believe that it's not the, the physical appearances that people really judge you on. That may be the initial thing that people judge you on. It's the accent. If you have the accent, if you're, you can be looking the way you're looking right now and you'd have, let's say, uh, a Lebanese accent. So yeah, you're Arab, um, you know, very comfortable with that, you're, you're Lebanese. Once you start talking to me in the same look that you have in Bahraini, oh, you're closer to me. You're even, you're much more closer. You become a stronger bond. Mm. The accent is really what makes people accept, you know, somebody else even more, not their looks, because you can't change your looks, but you can change your accent. And do you still try to please people now after all these years? Well, it's not so much pleasing. It's being accepted and being one of, because when you're accepted and being one of, then, then you establish a relationship. So... It was really, really hard for me to fit in the UK. I was 12 and 13 or 14. It was really hard. That was 40 for, years ago now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> six years, six years. Six years, sorry. Six years ago. Six, six years. I, I had white hair then as well. But um, it was really hard because in, in, in England, it's, it's very hard. I mean, they have a, a, a barrier because, you know, you obviously look different. Um, but once I was able to replicate their accent and speak exactly in the same dialect that they're speaking, we became friends for life. Mm. Till today, I'm in contact with some people from the UK, from school, from boarding school. And in America, it wasn't so much the case. In America, it was really easy to make friends, really easy. From day one, you're in college, you're in school, you're befriend people. But it was more... It wasn't, Just face. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, you, you leave that school, you leave that state, or you leave whatever, that, that, you know, there's a separation right there and then. 
in England it was the opposite. It was really hard, but once you do it, it's for life. In America, it was really easy, but then you lose it also really easy. I mean, for we and you, although we both went to boarding schools, we had very different experiences. Uh-huh. I was maybe expelled anywhere between eight to ten times. <laughs> for what? For all kinds of stuff. I just stopped giving a fuck, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, like, like I've never had that need to be to be accepted at all. At did, all. Did you, go, did you go to boarding school? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where was it? I went to Zurich. Uh, I went to Germany. I went to UK. Oh boy, they shifted I, you around. I, didn't I, they? Oh boy. Oh boy. Anywhere uh, um, uh, than. <laughs> I went to Zurich, Switzerland, Germany, uh, UK, uh, France. Uh, I think the last one was was they tried to send me to military school, and I tried, I tried, yeah, because a friend of mine uh, went to military school, and I talked to him about it, and blah blah blah, and he told me he got expelled, and I was like, well, if he can get expelled, <laughs> I can get expelled. How hard can it be? It's it's so. Uh, I think you're on a mission to just be expelled from schools. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know. There was a variety. I think you were looking for the education in the variety of schools, exactly. not so much the you know. I no. learned very early on that whatever information that they were trying to teach had very little to no meaning. Oh, I knew that. Right. I mean, so, so I was like, yeah. why am I wasting my time here? I might yeah. as well just go outside and smoke a cigarette and just yeah. chill. <laughs> just look at the clouds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I figured that out from a really early stage. It's just that I needed that certificate because everybody wanted it and. My parents spent such a lot of money for that certificate, so I had to bring that certificate back. But honestly, I knew it was nothing to do with what I wanted to do. But don't you? I mean, I I got I I I kicked my own ass now looking back on it because I found out that you don't even have to have a certificate to go to university because you can just do a foundation year. Oh, I'm talking about the the degree. Yeah, you. Can I'm talking get, about the actual degree. Yeah, but you don't even need to get an A level or a GCSE. You can just go to any university and do a foundation year. Yes. And then you're you can go straight to university at the yes. age of sixteen. Or 17, depending on the university. Well, f- for me, it was more of getting the college degree for my parents. And even when I was in college, I mean, in, in, in school, you had to learn all these. I had to learn Latin. Imagine mm. that, Latin. I wasn't good at it, but I had to learn Latin because apparently it was the fundamental very, language very of English. And all oh, that. please don't bring pugnamus, pugnatis and all that stuff. I love Latin. Oh, I love Latin. And of course, I had to learn French, which, you know, which was nothing. I don't even know how to say hello. Actually, mm. I know how to say hello, but that's as far as it goes. Um, and I just pretty much knew that this is not something I was interested in and it's not something, but it's what I had to do to get through. Now, when I went to college, it didn't change. In university, it was the same thing. I had to take all these courses and I was taking like Arabic courses, you know, <laughs> soccer. That's why my, my four-year degree, you know, it took seven years to do a four-year degree. I actually had to graduate because my wife, who's five years younger than me, was going to graduate before me. So I'm like, shit, I got to catch up. I can't have her graduate before me. So I had to graduate and just take all, you know, cram all these courses at the end and just finish up and uh, so I can get that degree and bring it back to my parents. But I had nothing. I never got a job. Fair. Never, ever, since I got the degree till today, actually had to apply or get or be employed somewhere. It was all something I did myself. Yeah, just to have and a reputation. And even in college, when I was working, it wasn't because of the degree. Obviously, I didn't have a degree. It was more just experience. I wanted to work. I mean, I worked all walks of life. I mean, everything from from... As I said, from video stores to restaurants to catering places to the stock market to whatever I was able to do, certification, real estate, brokerage, insurance, all that stuff. Mm. Um, And that all had nothing to do with the degree. Obviously, I didn't even have it at that time. But it was more to do with the interest and more to do with the, I just interested in, 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 the, in just learning so many different things. I, for me, I don't know what it is. I mean, the only job that I, that I despised, even till today, looking back on it, is, is, so I started at 14, 13, and that was computer repair. That was the thing that, Where? in the UK, that okay. was the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst uh, that I remember. Uh, How old were you? 
14 or so, 14, 13, 14, something like that. And uh, every I would go there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because the rest of the days was school days. And um, I did it mostly for free, and I got some discounts on products. Okay. Uh, so it was like it was for for I think six months or a year because that was the longest I stayed at that. Uh, uh, that was the longest I stayed at, at that boarding school before I got myself kicked out. <laughs> like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, one year about I stayed in that in that place, and uh, I just I, I remember that how small the 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 screws were right and i just hated i just hated how much i had to focus and concentrate and just sitting there with a hunchback <laughs> trying to undo this fucking laptop and trying to fix this keyboard and and that's when i learned about privacy in that aspect because they kept we'll have to cut this section out they kept a whole like there was like 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 there was like oh, like a shelf of CDs, right? And one section was movies, and the other sections was porn. Okay. So all the employees <laughs> would steal all your data from your computer, every single thing, <laughs> and then would 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 put it on two piles. <laughs> so that's when I learned about how important it is <laughs> to be careful with your data. This was your first job. Uh, first or second? Yeah, yeah first or second. I, I did a, a few of those, but my my first job was actually working in a nightclub. I was seventeen. I was too young to work in a nightclub. Because of the, the alcohol. Bouncer. No, no. <laughs> I wasn't that lucky. Not that big of a guy. This was in, in England. It was in a place called South End. Mm. And the nightclub, I remember, it was called Tots, Talk of the South. And, um, you know, my friend said, oh, uh, busboy. It was a busboy. Okay. They called it pop boy, yeah. which is basically collecting the glasses and during Washington. the event. Uh, you know, people are drinking and stuff. Drink and you go around to collecting the glasses and you take it to the bar and they clean it up. And then, you know, just collecting the glasses. And they taught me how to collect, like, you know, 30 glasses in one hand, which is a skill that mm. I have that I'm mm. trying to figure out why I need that skill. But I have that skill right now. And and I loved it because it was, you know, I, I couldn't serve or I couldn't do anything because it was alcohol and being underage, you weren't allowed. I was lucky enough just to be able to work as a, you know, busboy. And that was the first thing I did. And my parents found out and they were like, you got to stop now. And of course, I lived alone over there. So I stopped. This is when I just finished uh, boarding school. But it was... Uh, and boarding school wasn't it wasn't as I'm sure we can share those stories, but it was it was horrible. I mean, the first year I was in boarding school, the first month or two or three, it was like I was in camp. I was happy. Month number four I was like, oh shit, this is real. Month number five is when the students became like you know rude and you know and all the other ones became like, oh you're an Arab Arab. By month number six, I was on the payphone because they, they had payphones of those yeah, guys. Yeah, I remember. I, was, I had my ten P's and I'm putting in the ten P's. I was like, mama, come pick me up. I want to you know they're in Bahrain. Come pick me up, and I ran away from school. I literally, my mom had a house somewhere in, in, in South End, and I did that too. Uh, and, and yeah, and, and and I just I just ran away. I just ran ran from school, and I went and hid in the house. I had the keys for it, and the school called my parents, and they said, um, you know, your your son ran away. And of course, my parents, I'm the only boy, freaked out. My dad got on the plane literally the next day and flew to England. He knew where I was because, you know, my some of my relatives were still in the UK, and they were telling him that he's in the house. You got a and, beating of your life. No, 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 no. <laughs> my, my dad, my dad, Alhamma was was just Alhamma. The best dad ever. I mean, he just let me do what I. He, he made me learn from my mistakes. He wasn't like a bossy like I am. I'm very bossy, but my dad was just the opposite, and and I, I just wish I I'd be like him. But basically, he came. He says, "What's wrong with you?" I said, "Baba, I want." They're calling me names, and I want to get out. And of course, the whole point of boarding school is to be in that situation and, and figure out yourself how to deal with it, to strengthen you. So um, he said, "Okay, I'll take you out." So we got in the car. I remember his car. It was a Mercedes 218. And we got in the car and we drove for an hour and a half to school. And he said, uh, and he parked the car and he says, I'm going to go to the headmaster. 
do the paperwork. You go back to your boarding house and pack your stuff. I went back to the boarding house. This is six months after I was in boarding school. I went back to the house and uh, I, I learned quite a few swear words at that time. I had zero zero knowledge. I mean, my English was really bad. I'm coming from American which, uh, Raja school, which we had two classes a week in English. So my English was pathetic. Um, but I was an international student and they were, you know, they, they took it as a challenge for me to become better. And I did become better. My swear words were fantastic. I had a, a, a very big vocabulary of, of swear words. And I used all those words when I was saying goodbye to my, you know, friends. Um, and uh, I was packing my stuff and I was F this and F you and F, 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 F everywhere. These are the words that I learned. And I'm, I'm out of here. And I packed my bag and I go and I remember, I swear to God, I remember standing outside that blue Mercedes outside with my bag. It was a big blue bag waiting for my dad to come out of the headmaster's office. And he comes out and he says, hi, you're packed. I said, yeah. He says, well, you know, change of plans. You're staying. And I'm like, my heart just fell. I think it went inside my shoes. I'm like, what do you mean I'm staying? I, I just said goodbye to everybody in a very nice way. I, I can't go back. And he says, no, no, you're, you're, you're staying because the headmaster said that what I'm going through is normal. And um, <laughs> they don't want to give the money back. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was about the money. Uh, yeah, of course. We're not, we're not going to refund the it. Why do you think I got, one of the schools stopped expelling me? It was because of the cash. Are you crazy? Of <laughs> course. They needed the money. Foreign students pay an arm and a leg. That's what I'm saying. An arm and a leg, especially in boarding school. And, and he said, you're staying. And I'm like, please, Baba, please don't do that. And he says, no, no, apparently if I do that, then I'm gonna, he's going to regret it and, and I'll regret it. And, uh, and then I had to just put my head down and take that luggage and go back. And, and all those friends, friends that I effed you know, on the way out, I had to... And I had to work on, on, on fitting in, which is where the accent came in, which is where the, you know, figuring out how to become like them and speak like them and be accepted like them. So boarding school toughens you up in a controlled environment, let's just say. I was so different than you because for, for me, boarding school, you know, you meet a lot of faces and a lot of faces disappear. I never were, was too interested. I was more interested in being by myself more than, than, than spending time <laughs> with people. And I, I, I got into a lot of fist fights for various reasons and a lot, a lot of fighting. And that was just how I was. I never, I never like sat there like when... What, what triggered it? What triggered the, the disagreement? The indifference? Yeah, the indifference. I don't know. Some people like, some people are attention seekers. Uh, some people just try to piss on your leg because they think <laughs> it's funny. Or they think they want to see how you react. But it's all fun and games until you punch them in the nose. And then yeah. suddenly yeah. They, yeah. They, they regret their actions very quickly. <laughs> I, were were so, you... Were you there during the time where corporal punishments was accepted? Uh, n yes and no. Uh, we, we, my, uh, so because it got worse and worse and worse and worse from the universe. From the universe. What, what year we're we talking about? What year? Nineties. No, okay, okay. Nineties uh, to the early two thousands. Okay, all right. And, so uh, I was ten, you know, late, mid eighties to late eighties. I mean, we had rape in our boarding school. We had like no, no, pedophiles. I'm, I'm not talking to that. We had like I'm, we had wild I'm about stuff. Disciplinary uh, measures, like you know, you got the cane or the slippers or the trainers. No, I got that at home. <laughs> <laughs> I think me and, and Dan are very similar to that sen sentiment. We we got beaten the level the little, little the the crap out of us. Uh, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up? No, no, this is it. <laughs>